What's up, Max? I almost said Nick. <laughs> happy Friday. And happy Friday to you too. And happy Friday to all the Flight Suit Friday listeners. We're so pumped to be here today. We got somebody sitting at the table, and it, no, it is not Nick Litchfield. It is Adam Hayworth. How's it going, Max? What's up, dude? Thank you, you so buddy. much for coming on. Yeah, good to have you on the show, man. Thanks, man. You I appreciate it, guys. Introduce yourself, get a little background. Sure. You want the long form or the short form? Let's, you know what? Let's do the long form. Oh, yeah. too bad you can get the short form. Okay. Uh, yeah. Adam Hayworth. I'm one of the 144 OPDEP pilots that's, up here. That's right. He just said 144. What is OPDEP? Yeah. Crazy. You know what, guys? Real quick, before we really get into the weeds on this, I'm feeling a little thirsty. Are you? Okay. Oh, always thirsty. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I already opened mine. That's fine. You weren't supposed to tell the listeners. Yeah. That's a secret that we don't tell them. I'm sorry. I'm new. Yeah, it's okay. I was going to blame it on being a CASA pilot, but mm. new is okay as well. What do you got over there, bud? Oh, man. Well, I oh, have- wow. A, that is good. I just that, took a first sip of that. That really is tasty. Holy cow. What is it? I am sipping on, as well as you, a Blue Point Oktoberfest. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a tasty beer that uh, our guest, oh Adam, gosh. provided us with. Yes. Um, and 5.7. So it's better than, uh, it's almost Kenny approved. It's almost but, Kenny approved, but I think it's just good enough. Yeah. That's flavor wise to be Kenny approved. Yeah. And it's, um, uh, it was overcast today and a little bit fall. Gosh. So yeah. good. And uh, the epitome of class. Thanks for bringing that. You're welcome. Guys. That, is, that is so good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Sorry. Now we had to talk about beer. Now let's talk about you as a person. Yeah. So I've been flying here for about three and a half years. Nice. Um, looking to close out my first tour as an aviator. Cool. Prior to that, I enlisted back in 2007, mm. did about, did my non-rate time on a 270 out of Boston. And Ooh. then I was an intelligence specialist for about a, about nine, 10 years before going to OCS. Nice. And uh, did a short ensign tour at Sector Hampton Roads and after flight school, here I am. What was, uh, what was your OCS class number? Oh, Dude, I oh you don't uh, remember? I, don't re I think it's uh oh. that's embarrassing. Adam, Adam and no, I were two seventeen. Yeah, two seven two tech yeah. one seven two tech one seven. Yeah, Adam yeah. and I were OCS classmates, so dude, that's wild. So yeah. we were all at the academy together. Oh, that's right. He was he was at the DCA course when we were sitting in the front of the classroom getting screamed at. What? Yeah. So he was back there laughing at us while we were getting. One of those yelled guys at. walked yeah. in with your wings and your yeah. bars already, and I, we're yeah. just. Yeah. I was. Uh, DCA, DCO 117 or something like that. Yeah. I remember hearing the, uh, the cadre like blaming, like blaming us on being angry about y'all being late. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know what's going on. Yeah. Here. We were a terrible class. We were a bunch of misfits. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. Yeah, we were. It was, it was rough. Yeah, I don't think they let us off base for no. 16 weeks. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. God. What a fun four months, huh? It was, I mean, it was kind of a good time. Yeah. I met you. Yeah, I met a, a lot point. of other cool people. That's a good point. Yeah. That's I think that's cool. the whole reason I'm sitting here right now. Yeah, would, that's actually Would you fair. say it's shaped you into the phenomenal leaders that you are today? Oh, one. Yes. hundred percent. like that. Just Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, okay, sweet. So Casa Pilot. Yeah. Um, nice, man. Been here three and a half years. That's awesome. I have a question for you. Shoot, fire away. So we call affectionately call the 65, you know, plastic fantastic. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite nickname for the Casa? Oh man. Official or unofficial? All, I want to hear all of them. Oh man. Okay. So probably the, the most frequent one you'll hear is Snoopy because it kind of looks like Snoopy. It does. We're looking at a picture um, of it right now. Yeah. It does. I am partial to calling it the Prius with wings. Nice. Yeah. Um, because it is just- Is that official or unofficial? That is definitely unofficial. Okay. I don't think- uh, Snoopy is official? No, I mean like the, the bull, they call it the bull. Because, oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And you know, when I first started no, because, flying it, well, because why? I, yeah, when I first started flying, I was like, why, why do we, why do we call this the bull? And I think it was, uh, I think it was Brent Schiffer told me, he was like, well, nothing is hydraulically boosted. So the controls, you feel everything yeah. in your hand. So if you fly it in gusty conditions or, or huh. anytime you feel every single pound, um, and it will, it'll kick and it'll buck. And yeah. it's kind of like flying a 40,000 pound Cessna. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I do think it's after flying it for a couple of years, I think it's a pretty aptly apt nickname. You want to know my favorite nickname that I've heard for the Casa? Oh, please. The Battle Puffin. The Battle Puffin? Yeah. Okay. I've never heard it called the Battle Puffin, but the Puffin is yeah. probably my most favorite official name. Yeah. I like the Battle Puffin. Nice. Yeah. It, inv I, it invokes a sense of child childish glee in me. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I kind of want a patch now with like an armor clad yes, puffin. Yes. 
Um, maybe if you took the, um, the 27 patch yeah. with the Spartan helmet and meshed it with the Casa patch, it'd be just epic. Battle Puffin patch. Yeah. Amazing. My, f- my favorite patch on base though, is the trade up 144 patch with the puffin that's relaxing in the sun. That is that a good thing one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. With his little cowboy boots. Yeah. That, up. that is a fantastic patch. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you're going to have to make that. The battle puffin. The battle puffin. Okay. That one's going to stick with me. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, all right. So listeners, we, normally we jump into news and announcements here, but not only did Adam bring the beer, he also brought some news and some announcements in the 144 community. You know what? I'm just going to step in real quick yeah. and belay your last. Belay my last. I do have one announcement no. from the 65 side. Do you really? Yeah. I would like to uh, congratulate you in front of all of our listeners on uh, making instructor pilot today. No. Oh. Passing your yeah, board. Man, congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Rob was on that board. I was pretty scared for him. Yeah. And I tell you what, it was brutal. How'd yeah. it go, Rob? Uh, you know, I can't really divulge that. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of tears. A lot of, uh, from, from everybody. <laughs> it was just a collect. We, a lot, we all cried we all a little cried. bit. Yeah. It's it was emotional. Great. I did make a chicken salad with uh, some mini croissants for that board. So yep. That, that played in no way into any like positive favor, but it didn't detract. See, no, it doesn't hurt. You have to step it up from the AC board where you just show up with beer and donuts. You have to put a little panache. Is that what you showed up to your AC board with a beard and don't beer and donuts? Did, did you not? No. no. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, grease the skids, man. So was it, was it at this, like you served them both at the same time? No, you just put it out and, let and then them, here's some beer and donuts. Yeah. Ask them, send me your questions. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What food did you bring for your boards? I brought some, uh, some brownies that were laced. So then I blackmailed the board nice. afterwards. That's, that's fair. No, I think, uh, for my, probably for my advanced star board, I brought some uh, Marco's pizza. Cause it was you know yeah. right around lunchtime. And I yeah. thought I'm kind of hungry and I want pizza. So I'll bring them pizza. And then for the AC board, I stepped it up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to, um, oh, I forget what that bakery in Savannah was called. Oh, um, shoot. Ah, damn, I referenced Savannah again. Yeah, that was good yeah shoot. Um, stop, stop talking about Savannah in 65. Yes, it, viewers yes. will get was angry it, at us. Was it auspicious. downtown? No, auspicious. auspicious it was yeah. in Skidway. And uh, I got some real, real tasty, uh, yeah. just little pastries. And then um, some quiches as well. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, some OJ champagne, just a nice little light brunch snackage. Yeah. That's yeah, a, it was, it was a, I even, I even made like a little redneck charcuterie board with some uh, Slim Jims oh and like the string cheese sticks and some uh, pretzels. That is, I yeah, went awesome. to, I went to the Popeyes on the <laughs> army base and just bought some chicken fingers. Everybody got food poisoning. <laughs> the scariest Popeyes ever. You get yelled at every time you go in. Yeah. I feel like I used to get some medium rare chicken strips yeah, when I go in there dude, and I waved the off after the first time. Yeah, that's, that's good. I like a medium rare chicken strip. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Why not? That's how I take my burger. That's how I take my chicken. You can quote me on that one, by the way. Sweet. Sure and a original. seared pork chop. All right. Anyways. Yeah, we are, man, we are getting off topic today. All right. Back to the news and announcement from our beer provider and very special guest, Adam. Yeah. Um, so let's see fun things in the cost community. We actually just helped facilitate, um, a little bit of a 65, 144, uh, Bahamas defense force nice. crossover. Uh, last Monday, we took a group of swimmers in a sweat chair down to the Bahamas, dropped them off. So they could do a little joint military training with nice. the Bahama defense force. So that was a fun day. I wonder That's if cool. all the swimmers from the shop. had. Yeah. You know, it's really funny. I hear, I hear, yeah, we took some swimmers to the Bahamas I wonder if when they put that solicitation out, it's like the other solicitations where they have to select and direct, or do you think they had a lot of volunteers for that one? Sometimes you realize you just, you just have to plus up the package. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It was the smoothest a flight has ever gone. And I was a little disappointed. Really? I wanted to break there so bad. Oh yeah. But so, everything went great. So everything you didn't was spend like, the night. No, 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 we just are a well there. We just kind of turned and burned. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everything was super smooth, super seamless. Nice. Um, so that's an ROL to you. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. Cool. To the Bahamas. It's weirdly not as far as you think. It's it's only like seven hundred miles. So it's it's about a three and a half hour flight. That's pretty. That's uh. Oh, that's, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's at far. least is at my, least three legs for us. Yeah. Is my fixed wing showing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can quote him on that. Nice. That was a good one. Yeah, I like that one. You practice so, that one? No, it just happened no, organically. You practice that one. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so did you guys find a pool to go to teach him? So. Um, for those who don't know, swim sweat is basically teaching how to egress a downed aircraft in the water. Um, the sweat chair gets placed in the water. Uh, the person sits in the chair and the swimmers flip it upside down and, uh, you have to egress the chair. So it kind of teaches some skills there. Um, 
Yeah. So where'd you guys, did you guys go in the ocean or did you guys go in the pool or? Um, as far as I know, they, um, they conducted at a local pool. Nice. Um, but they had, they had a ton of folks. I even think they had some state department folks there. Okay. It was kind of a, a, a cool multi-agency opportunity. Nice. That's Great. awesome. Yeah. Man, what a, what a cool, gosh, the thing has legs. You can just go to the Bahamas for lunch and come back. Yeah. If we're doing it right, we can burn, we can definitely burn less than a thousand pounds an hour if we're really trying to sip gas. Yeah, dude. We can get it down to maybe 700 ish. The battle puffing. Don't quote me on that, Nate. <laughs> I'm gonna have so many text yeah. messages from Nate. Yeah, you're like that was wrong. That was yeah, wrong. That would be a Nate sewer. It's actually not the battle puffing. <laughs> Anyways, that's awesome. I'm gonna cool, try to yeah. make battle puffing a thing. Don't I, worry. I think you should. Uh, I I can't take credit for that uh, because uh, Ryan O'Neill um, has said that multiple times around the division, and like it's just stuck with me. So yeah, you know, it's funny. I was actually talking to Nate about this today. I was like, so. Should I refer to the Casa as the 65 of the fixed wing community? Oh, let's talk about that. Yeah. Cause he, and he was like, well, no. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yes, well, okay. you, you know, everyone complains that it's underpowered and yeah. um, it's not really a cargo aircraft. There you go. We're not a cargo helicopter. So yeah. But, he's, uh, he's sounding, he's sounding more and more wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought it was a fairly, fairly decent uh, comparison. Yeah, but I think that's fantastic. I like that comparison because, because we're also wildly capable. Uh, okay. That's where we fall off. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you lost us. You had Sorry, us guys. Yeah, you had part. us, and then yeah, then we're gone. Oh, my bad. Yeah, sweet. Uh, I think I'd like to know, like, what was the uh, in-flight meal served? Oh, oh. So, for me personally, it was a sandwich that I made that morning. But uh, I do have a funny in-flight meal story. This is this okay. is why. See, this is why exactly why we're having on because I have all of these questions. Yeah. So convince me why I yeah. should have been a fixed-wing pilot. Yeah. Oh, it's not going to be that hard. I promise. Okay. Um, so we have little ovens. Nice. In there, we have a whole galley section that oh. is just aft of our bathroom. Uh, I know it's called a head in the Coast Guard. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we are taking off out of Stennis, and I hadn't been flying the plane very long. I'm still still a co-pilot, and um, you know, sometimes when you're brand new and something strange happens, you you might be a little hesitant to to bring it up. Yeah. So we're sitting there, we're on climb out. And I'm, I start taking these big sniffs. I'm like, <sighs> oh boy. I start smelling toast. Oh, it's a stroke. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was about a 30 second period. Cause I look around the cockpit and nobody else is doing anything weird. No one's made, saying like anything smells weird. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm having a stroke. Something, something is wrong. Yeah. What I did not know about the plane at the time is the, where all the vents are to recirc the air are all over the aircraft. So yeah. I'm like, does anybody, just very sheepishly, does anybody smell anything weird? Oh. And a guy comes back over the ICS. He goes, oh yeah, sir, I'm making cookies. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was like, can I have one? <laughs> um, and so I, A, was not having a stroke and B, got, and a, cookie. got a cookie. It was a great That day. is so funny. What kind of cookie was yeah. it? Yeah. Well, there was those Otis Spunkmeyer cookies. Oh, I love those. Yes. Oh my was gosh. it the white macadamia nut? No, it was just chocolate. Oh, that's too bad. I mean, I that's good as well, but I mean, man. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, I learned something about it. you are a white macadamia nut cookie I, guy. I am. It's just the way they hit. Very yeah. interesting. All right. Yeah. Noted. Gosh, talk about like a difference in community when you're flying. Cause we're just flying and sweating because it's the air conditioning in the 65 is like Rob breathing on you through a straw. I mean, we have certain airframes that they don't, the AC doesn't work yeah, as well, but you can also make cookies no matter what. So also, we have this little like teapot back there that nice. if you fill up with water, you can make hot dogs. So, oh, so it's like a ket like a kettle that boils, yeah. but you just put the you just put the hot dog in there. Yeah, you just throw them in there, just no like way. a like a pack Dude. of eight, and you get one of those little bun toasters that you just plug in. No, they got the the flat little convection oh, oven back there, so you just better. pull it out, lay them in there, boom, twenty minutes. Is that so? Is that the what's the fanciest meal you've had while in the air? Oh, man, I'm a bad guy to ask. Really? Um, what's the fanciest meal you've heard of having in the air? I have heard stories of people doing these like long, deep golf LE patrols, bringing yeah. like crock pots of chili and nice. And, uh, that seems a little bit, uh, risky. Yeah. I, I understand it's a little faux pas to, uh, maybe go number two in there. Mm. Uh, yeah. So, Oh, I see. I see the, <laughs> I was, chili tastes yeah, great so at first a good point. towards the end of the flight. That's a good point. This is weirdly enough. This came up on our flight to the Bahamas because <laughs> Uh, it's like a, it's a pretty long day, you know, yeah. pushing almost an eight hour, eight, 10 hour mm -hmm. day when it's all said and done. And we're thinking about like, well, what are we going to have for lunch? I'm like, I want some good Island food. Oh yeah. And we're like, oh man, that could be a little dangerous. You know, yeah. all the, the spices and, 
Um, you're not supposed to go number two. You're not supposed to flush it. But to be fair, you can. Okay. You 100% can. Okay. Like if it's an emergency, you handle your business. Yeah. This is probably not what people want to hear about the fixed wing is that, community. Is that in the red book, by the way? That kind of emergency? <laughs> that is a bold face. That EP. is a bold face EP. Okay. It would literally be an EP. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that is, okay. Yeah, That so that conversation came up. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It comes up more than you would imagine. So did you partake in some good tasty island food? 100%. The guy that we were meeting there yeah. to coordinate everything actually brought us lunch oh, to nice. the airfield. Yeah. Um, and he brought us these like amazing like, bao buns stuffed with uh, seasoned pork. And oh my gosh. It was fantastic. Yeah. So we just sat there at the FBO and, and kind of picked out for a little bit before coming home. That's fantastic. Man, yeah. What a I, great. I don't think I've ever had anybody bring me food when I've landed somewhere like a military aircraft. Yeah. What's the best meal you've ever had not i guess in air it's probably like a uh, uncrustable that you've had in your pocket for like four hours but like best rol Ooh, i mean it's always easy to talk about our Asheville one that's what i was gonna bring up too yeah i think outside of that like maybe when i was stationed out in kansas we went out to um some little podunk airfield in Kearney, nebraska yeah it's not spelled the way it sounds um and we got like the this clapped out crown vic with nice uh pleather seats like as, the the, vinyl. Uh, as the crew car yeah oh, yeah yes. i mean no seat belts uh the the shocks are faded so you get to feel like uh, just nice floating bumps yeah and uh good buddy of mine he's like i know this is a good place to eat and i'm like man i don't know this, this town doesn't seem like it has a lot going on and we go behind this like split level building and to this like really like just i don't know very unsuspecting kind of like brick house or brick building yeah and go inside and like you walk inside and it's like you just kind of like warped into a little classy, not quite dive, but like just yeah. nicely, nice looking restaurant. Um, and had a fantastic burger, but it was the fried cheese balls there. Oh man. That were just delectable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, you know what? This was worth just wasting a day out of work. And because, because you know. let's be honest, aviation, right. Is like 70% where you can go for an ROL. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I would say maybe I'm even, you know, not giving that enough credit. And, and, and when did you in your aviation career realize that though? For me, it was, for me, it was in flight school because we had an IP take us to this specific FBO that served like hot cookies. So he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to land. He goes, we're going to grab some hot cookies. Okay. Then we're going to go to the steak house. That's right down the street. We're going to eat steak. We're going to come back. We're going to get some more hot cookies and we're going to go fly. And then I was like, I was like, okay, cool. Um, so do you want me to brief the flight? He goes, ah, no, you're fine. He's like, let's just go. And I was like, oh, I understand now. It's all about where you go to fly to eat. 100%. Yep. Yeah. In advance, there was the elusive ROL to College Station. That's where everyone wanted to go. Oh, and they got to the point where like they wouldn't let more than one aircraft a day because yeah. that's where everyone does their Brolo just to get some of that good barbecue. Hell yeah. Like yeah. when you, I think when the day that you sit down and you look at your AFB and you're like, where can I get the best food possible? Yeah. That's when you realize it's not so bad. It's definitely not so bad. It's not so bad. That's awesome. Yeah. We also had uh, the Southern soul barbecue. Sorry. Maybe I mentioned that, Savannah again, but well, that, yeah, technically St. Simon's. But yeah. St. Simon's. Oh, so that, good. That was nice. Actually, are, are we not supposed to talk about Savannah? Cause I love Savannah. No, I love there we, for, we've just been beating it up. Yeah. I mean, oh, sorry. We've hit the easy button with some yeah. guests. So we'll oh, admit my it. Bad. That's why, that's why you're on here. You're, you're, you're our you first know. branch out. Yeah. Oh man. Well, we did I was stationed yeah, there for we, three and a half years. I can talk Savannah. Oh, <laughs> were you really? Yeah. It was my very first assignment out of A school. No, oh, man, we're right, right back to square one. Yeah. yeah. I lived on Jones street. No, we're done. We're okay, done. We're done. All right. So if you've been anywhere near Savannah listeners, just call in. We'll have you on the show. Yeah. That's fantastic. You're on automatically qualified to talk on flight suit Friday. Now it's a good place. So we really had you on to talk about a specific topic that I think differs in our communities a lot. Um, compound EPs. Yeah. Yeah. That is I, th I think we deal with those very differently than you guys deal with. And before you came on, we were chatting. Um, you have a pretty good compound EP story. Yeah. So full disclosure, the, what was presented to me, looked like a compound EP. Yeah. And the fascinating part was after the fact, it turned out just to be something very benign, very minor. Yep. But, you know, real time, it's kind of hard. You have to take what the aircraft is presenting you with and make your decisions based off of that. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to ship a 
simple EP as a compound EP, but that's fine. It felt spicy at the time. Okay. They all do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, this is like my first there I was. And there you were. And there I was. Uh, and it's funny cause like in, in training, they always tell you, you know, these things are going to happen at the, the oddest time. It's going to be middle of the night mm-hmm. after a long case. And, and that is exactly how this presented itself. Sure. We had gotten launched for an EPIRB, like 275 miles off of, uh, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So it's out in the middle of nowhere. We, we fly out there at two, three o'clock in the morning, execute our search patterns. And then we are, they clear us to RTB. Mm-hmm. We, we start coming back home and we push power up to climb up to our transit altitude and we start getting intermittent chip lights. And I guess point of order for you guys, I imagine a chip light is yeah. kind of like a, a red light. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and I guess my question, so you ask question and I ask question. Let's do this. What ki- so do you have a transmission chip light and, and an engine chip light or is it just one chip light? No, as far as I know, it's just one. Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised we don't have one in the prop oil system. Okay. But it's just one per oil system. Gotcha. Okay. But for us, it's a yellow light. Okay. So it's just a caution. And, you know, it, it kind of flickers and we see the, the yellow and then it disappears and my co-pilot and I, and I'm, I'm talking, I'm like a brand new aircraft commander. Yeah. This is probably less than- That's when month. it always happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, probably like a month in the designation. And I'm like, hey, did you see that? He's like, yeah, I saw something flash, but I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And so we just say, okay, cool. Let's continue on. But then the hairs start tickling the back of your neck. And you start looking at where your best diverts are. And, yeah. and if you do have to to go away. And of course there's weather because- Why not? Because don't not? happen when it's no, beautiful no, no. out. Yeah. Never. Um, we've got, you know, big storm cells ahead of us. We've got a couple over to the West and then eventually the one engine chip light pops on and it stays this time. Yeah. It's, it, it, it stays on for about three to five minutes. I assume that was the same one that was flickering the whole time. That's what we assume. Okay. Um, but it finally comes on. We, we pull out the red book. We run the EP basically is like pull the power back on the engine. See if you can get it to clear. If it doesn't, you know, it's kind of a land as soon as practical. And then we continue to move, continue to go on. The chip light actually clears, goes away after about five minutes. Um, Can you burn them off or no? They just clear. What do you mean? Like some, some aircraft systems you can actually burn on the chip off. So you just like, it, it sends a s- small voltage through the chip no. detector and it kicks it out. No, okay, not that I'm aware of. Um, but they will clear just through the car. Sometimes they'll get a lot of carbon buildup. Yep. And then that carbon will burn off as the oil heats okay. up and, and they'll clear themselves out. But, mm-hmm. uh, which is sometimes an indicator that you don't have a sure. real chip, but you've got to treat every, every chip yeah. light as if it's oh, a yeah. real deal. Um, so we continue on for a few minutes and then we start getting the number one oil filter bypass, okay. which is also a caution. So we've, we've had two caution lights at this point. We pull out the red book for that. It's kind of the same uh, the same procedure where they want you to pull power back on the affected engine, see if you can get it to clear. If it doesn't clear, it's a land as soon as possible. Okay. So at that point, we're like, okay, we're done here. We're going to start picking the right airfield. We have a little bit of a CRM discussion about where we want to go because mm-hmm. when you're that far offshore, you you really, in that area, you, you only had one decent airport that is decent as yeah. a divert. It's right. not the best option that you can get. Ideally for us, we'd want to get over to Navy New Orleans. Yeah. Big long runways, Coast Guard facilities. They were, that runway was closed at the time. Uh-huh. So we decide, okay, we're going to go over to Galliano if you guys have ever landed there. No, not familiar. Uh, it's, um, it's like the most Southern airport in Louisiana. Okay. It's oh, right cool. next to Homa. Nice. Um, very small, not a lot going on. Yeah. Mostly just but like- that's a, the, as the crow flies, that was the closest? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was 50, 50 miles there sure. and 60 miles to Navy New Orleans. Yeah. Um, from, from where we were. So we did, we commit to that and we keep chugging along and then we get a one fuel filter bypass on the same engine. Mm-hmm. We break out the, the red book. We run through all that again. And that is a land as soon as possible. And these so are like we, not knowing the aircraft system. It, and they sound like chips and oil kind of similar, yep. but fuels completely, completely separate. Yeah. So, and, and you know, retrospect being what it is, if, I think if I was a little bit more experienced, that would have been kind of a kind of a light bulb for me to say, uh, maybe this could be something different. But uh, it still was a land as soon as possible. So we continued on with that. And then as we got close to the airfield, we got the chip light back again. Yeah. So by the time we landed, we had 
three caution lights, two of which were land as soon as possible. Wow. So definitely was uncomfortable to say the least. Um, now after we got on deck, they pulled the chip detector, no chips. Uh, we didn't have any chips. There, there was some carbon buildup. And then what it ended up happening was one of our wire harnesses uh, wow. had gone completely bad. So the IEDS was just kind of giving us bad indications. Yeah. So everything was fine. Yeah. We ended up getting stranded there for about a day and a half. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Not the Bahamas kind of break. No, it is not the Bahamas. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. Did you have a shrimp po' boy? Uh, I did have a shrimp po' <laughs> there boy. You go. And the crew car that they gave us um, had dead frogs in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and spiders. But, yeah. Where did you guys stay at overnight? Oh, so it is a big hub for oil execs to get flown out of. Oh, okay. So there are like a couple of nice like Holiday Inns nice. and a, a Hampton Inn. Yeah. So the, the hotel situation wasn't too bad. And luckily there was like a nice, decent restaurant yeah. right there next to the hotel. So all, all in all, it was a perfectly pleasant experience, at least something to yeah. take some good lessons from. I think um, just backing up a little bit, I think another massive contrast in our communities, like you talk about the landing criteria of land as soon as possible for like land at the first site, a safe landing can be made for us. It's going to be like a baseball field. It's going to be a beach. It's going to be somewhere that we can safely put the helicopter down, but you guys sit there. You, not only do you have to find an appropriate runway, you have to find a runway that's long enough. And that is a lot of, that's a lot of headwork to do while you're, because like visually, like we just find a ballpark to put it down in or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where we think about it in terms of the nearest suitable airfield in respect to time, distance, weather, and facilities. Interesting. So, you know, I think as a, as the AC and especially new AC, my, my first inclination was I want to go to the nearest airfield yeah. oh. and it's a 150 feet by 6,500 feet. So even if you're landing in a single engine configuration, yeah. it's plenty of runway to stop the aircraft. Rob, have in. you ever looked at the runway dimensions prior to landing at the runway. I mean, not necessarily like you, <laughs> I look at the size of the airport on my yeah. fourth flight and I'm like, yeah, it's probably big enough. There's a, Oh yeah. man, I spend a lot of time thinking about how there's long mag- runways are. Yeah, there's I'm magenta like, rings around this one. That's probably means it's good. Yeah. <laughs> do you, uh, so not to put you on the spot. Sure. Do it. Do you have runway limitations? We do. Um, the interesting thing, I, I have an interesting story. Great segue. This I'm is gonna so good. Kind of tactfully sidestep yeah. your question with let's, a story. Let's go. Um, is that gaslighting? I'm not really sure. Yeah, but I'll I'll approve. Okay. So um, we had this really cool opportunity to work with the Seventh Special Forces Group about um, nine months ago, and they had asked us to come out and do their Halo Jumper qualifications for them. So what that entailed is we slicked the plane out. We went out to this place called Site 34, which it's definitely not an airfield on a map that we have in our four flight or in our nav database um, to pick up all these special forces guys and spend the day like flying them up to 12,000 feet and letting them jump out of the back of the plane and then come back down. Now the runway that they had there to land on was 70 feet by 4,000 feet, which that's a little skinny for holy uh, cow. Airplane. Yeah. It's really skinny. Yeah. And so as we were prepping for this mission, we, we had this, this long debate um, up at OpDev about like, do we have a minimum width for the runway? Yeah. And it was, uh, I think it was our ops boss at the time. He was like, well, how wide is the landing gear? Oh yeah. He's like, probably about, probably about that. If you think you can safely put it down. Um, but for a, for a fixed wing pilot who has been raised at like long runways and everything has lights and yeah. everything is well lit going to a runway that is 70 feet wide, there is no lights there's no um, pappies or vases yeah. or anything like that. And when we asked the special forces guys like, hey, you know, can we land here? And the, their response was, well, C-130s do it all the time. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> they okay. Put the challenge up there. I was like, okay, cool. Challenge accepted. And now we- so does the battle puffin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it is a max effort landing yeah. every time. I think the best we did that day was we stopped it in, well, 800 feet, something wow. like that. That's pretty good. I yeah. mean, you come in flaps 20, throw it in there hard and put it in reverse. You can, yeah. the Casa will stop and take off on a dime. That's one of the nicest things about it is cool. we do not need a lot of runway. Yeah. So no specific limits then to answer my question. We do have 
limits as far as like training of what we can do, okay. but, um, like 6,500 feet by 150 feet okay. is our limitation for, um, like doing single engine work, yes. but we do a lot of like perf training. Sure. So, you know, can you land? The yeah. requirement is you have to be able to land and have like critical field length. So yeah, not explaining this right. No, no. But uh, usually it's like critical field length plus 500 yeah, feet yeah, yeah. or yeah. It's just, can you make the math work? Sure. Yeah. That, um, man. So like, are you thinking like, how much do you think about that? Land as soon as possible. Like, like you personally. So you're always thinking about. Yeah. I mean, you got to make sure that you can stop the aircraft because sure. you know, I'm already going to have to make a call to ops, right? Like, Hey, I landed off station. I had multiple EPs. Yeah. I don't want to also call ops and say, I also ran the plane off the end of the runway. Yeah. Landed off runway as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also need to pull this thing out of the mud. Yeah. Uh, bring a, bring a tractor. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think about perf data a lot, especially when you have an aircraft that, that does have some performance constraints. Right. When you are in an emergency situation, you don't just want to think about putting it on deck. You want to sure. think about what if you can't put it on deck? So yeah, man, what I, is your climb away performance? Right. And you know, you only talk to the 27 guys. They say like, Oh, well, you know, we have power for days. I'm sure it's kind of like talking to 60 pilots. Um, we yes. don't have power for days. Neither do we. And we're back to being the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I see, I see where these communities crisscross yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think about it quite a bit. Yeah. That's uh man. That's really interesting. That's just more, I go back to like the T six days where they cut your PCL and they're like, Oh, which one are you going to go? Oh, can you make high key? And then you're just like frozen. And then I just go land on a beach now. It's great. It's so much easier. Well, what's nice is like when you have two engines, um, you oh, don't man, really sure. have to worry about that too much because I mean, you can get a lot of performance out of one engine of this, of this aircraft. Yeah. I mean, yeah we, we, we cannot. <laughs> we can, I mean, we can stay aloft. It's a, a loft. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can, that, which is the most important thing. Correct. Maybe we should start training when we're uh, doing single engine stuff. Look at the length of the runway. Hey, I've got a, just kidding. I've got a weird 65 question. What is your, what is your glide performance? Uh, zero, zero. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Next <laughs> question. Yeah. Uh, uh, we don't really have, we like, are you talking about if we lose both engines for like an auto rotation? No, all I know about auto rotations, I see them happen here all the time and they look terrifying. Yeah. Well, you see the 60 do it. Yeah. We, we can't, they, we can't do it. It's one of our prohibitive maneuvers. So we do it in the sim. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, it looks pretty terrifying in there too. Yeah. We, uh, we basically teach air speeds okay. for time aloft versus distance. So if you, sh if you do like about a 70 knot airspeed, that's going to yield to time aloft. Okay. But if you do a hundred knot airspeed, you're going to fall faster, but you're going to move forward a little faster too. So you're going to have more time over ground or more distance covered for an auto rotation. So, okay. And then I guess you can extrapolate the airspeeds between there. But if you're, if you're trying to make something, if you're trying to find a spot, it's good to pitch for 70 knots. But if you know, so if you know you need to go somewhere, but you need to cover more distance, probably pitch for about a hundred knots. Okay. So like for, for us, if we find ourselves in a dual engine out scenario, we have AOA gauges on yeah. the, on the dash there and we're trained to fly a unit of AOA yeah. for maximum glide performance. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. What's your, uh, usual like transit altitude or something um, you routinely so use? So like the most optimal altitude for the 144 is 15,500. Okay. But, Feet? Yeah. Just kidding. But well, it's funny is like, especially around here, I don't personally feel like there's ever any need to go up that high. Yeah. It's going to take you so much time to get up there. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, we climb at 135 knots or 125 knots. It, it is painfully yeah. slow. It's pretty slow. much at our like Cruise know, transit speed, speed. Yeah. Out, out to a case. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I'm a big fan of like 5,500 to 8,500. Yeah. If, if I'm transiting to a case, Yeah. I personally think that's a pretty efficient altitude. I'm sure I'll get a text from Nate that says, that's not an efficient altitude, but <laughs> this is great. This is going to force Nate to come on the podcast. Well, if, he, know, if he would come on the podcast, then he would have a voice. Yeah, anyway, all he's going to have to do is he has to come on to undo all the things that yeah. I've done today. This is, this is how we lure a Casa pilot to get on. We go upstairs, we make a bunch of little whistling noises and they get curious and they come out and we lock them in a room <laughs> and we get them on the podcast. How you get Nate Slurry on the podcast, just say a bunch of wildly incorrect things about the Casa. That's okay. what I'm doing right now. I'm yeah, exactly. I'm baiting I him into it. bet he would not bring us good beer. <laughs> I bet, I bet, you know what? Baiting. That's another way. Yeah. He probably wouldn't. It'd probably be, you know, a seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Nate, ball's in your court, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I just, it, it's such a different mindset 
for EPs, we uh, in the helicopter community talk about- Don't mean to cut you off. You cut me off. This is like the fourth time this podcast you've cut me off. I but enjoy go ahead. doing that. It's very tactful though. Yeah, this is how my board went. But because of that, you bring up a good point. How many bold face EPs oh, yeah. do you have? Or just EPs in general? Like I've heard it's like three, two and a half. Yeah, it's- Somewhere uh, in that range. One it's quarter. something similar to that. Um, our bold face fits on one page. I mean- I, I, I don't know exactly the number, but it's up. like less than 15. So okay. yeah, for, um, for a frame of reference, the Delta, how many, how many, what was the gouge number that the Delta had? Gosh, I think there are like a hundred. It was quite that much. Yeah, we, it was like a bit. in the nineties or, or just over a hundred to call it a hundred and be fine. And now in the Echo, they trim that down by what? Three quarters. Pretty good amount. Yeah. So it's great, but still a lot of bold face. I mean, there are EPs though that I kind of wish would be bold face. Yeah. Um, cause we do have a pretty hefty amount of EPs in the book. I mean, sure. like everyone does, but we kind of train to the, if it's not a bold face, get the book out. And I think some of them are a little bit more time critical than, yeah. but, uh, one yeah. of my favorite like things I, I was told growing up in the cost community was like, nothing in this plane happens fast. Mm -hmm. So any lights that pop off on the IEDS, you have enough time to take a minute, take a breath, get the book out, execute what needs to be done. Are you, um, are you taking the book out yourself or you have an, a, um, flight Mac take it out? No. Um, usually one of us up there is going to take it out. Okay. Um, interesting. Another difference in the community. We typically have the flight mechanic read out. Now, depending on the complexity of the EP, if, mm -hmm. if both pilots feel like they both need to be focused on what they're doing, I mean, we can always call up the BA or someone to come read it for us. Yeah. I think even that, that case with the supposed compound EP that we had, we had someone's come up and sit in the jump seat just to oh, continue nice. to monitor yeah. the engine performance. Cause I we'll, mean, I would say supposed man, that that's compound EP in the air. That was a compound. There was multiple EPs that happened. It was a wiring harness, but I mean, you know, didn't know that our main concern was that we were going to lose the engine. It was um, okay. That was another question. Was it all in the same engine? It, yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and the way the EP, sorry to circle back to that. That's but, fine. This is but basically the way the red book was, is it's like, okay, if you've pulled power back on it, it's fine, but you need to monitor the engine performance. And if anything goes out of limits, then you need to shut the engine down. Yeah. So our main goal up front was like, let's milk the engine all the way to the runway. So if we need to use that power for landing or go around, we can. Nice. But we had someone come up and sit and read through all the notes, warnings, and cautions that we were worried that we might've missed. Yeah. Man, that's interesting. Yeah. When we were talking about this episode, Uncle Rob, you might've had a back in Korea story. Oh, back in Korea. Yeah, back in Korea. This is my favorite. When Uncle Rob says back in Korea, you know it's going to be a good story. No, Super. so uh, back in, uh, actually not quite Korea, but uh, old enough to uh, feel that way. No. Um, no, so like, a, you know, thinking back to probably compound EPs or EPs within a system that compounded. Yeah. Um, had a real interesting one. Um, it was when I was deployed in Afghanistan out in Kandahar, just out doing a, um, you know, probably one of the easier flights, just a, a daytime logistics run. You're just doing a ring route going, going around, picking up people, supplies, dropping them off. And, uh, came back to get some refuel kind of midway through and get a call that, uh, call you never really want to hear, but it's a, Hey, we've had a fallen angel. And that's like the uh, pro word for aircraft went down. And, you know, I was, it was my Chinook company that was like the sole, um, you know, company in that region, yeah. but all of the other aircraft were like 60s and 64s. So this one was a, for a 60, I recognized the uh, call sign from like good friend of mine that was, um, he was my XO when I was like uh, a company commander in another unit. And um, so all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, I know that, I know that unit. But um, so we're like, oh shit, they want us to go. They asked us if we can go and get a quick reaction force, a QRF, if you will. And so we're like, you know what? Cool. Yeah. We're, we're down for doing that. Like offload the stuff we don't need. Let's uh, max gas. Cause like, Hey, 10,000 horsepower. You ain't got to worry about much. Um, so as we're about to, uh, we both aircraft refueled and we're like, Hey, let's go. And we get like a, yeah, ICAST advisories that or uh, LRU stat, like a check. And we go into our stat page and there's a degradation of one of our EGIs. And we're like, eh, probably not supposed to like, we can fly, but you have to have a good reason. And I was like, well, gentlemen, I think we have a good reason. It's daytime, um, which probably like use time on our side with daylight remaining yeah. to get up there, get the uh, boots on ground. And so uh, we're like, yeah, let's do it. EGIs so for like flight control smoothing and, and attitude reference. So if you lose that, 
I mean, in the 65, we have two. So we have redundancy. How many did you have in the Chinook? We had, so we had two EGIs, two AFCS computers. We we had a pretty good amount of redundancy. That's a pretty, it's a pretty big deal for us. Not to insult your fixed wing intelligence, but. We have two. Oh, you do? Yeah. And uh, are are you guys glass cockpit as well? We are, yeah. Okay. So like it, it fell into like, you know, from the understanding at the time, I'd probably been flying this thing for just over a year, like knew enough about it. Um, we assumed it was just within the EGI, but um, what we didn't realize is like that number one EGI, like there was a lot more like integrated into the rest of like the CAS uh, system. So throughout the flight as we're like going up to like, you know, about 45 minutes away to pick up QRF and then going um, another like 30 to 45 minutes to the like the scene of the uh, downed aircraft. Um, we just had like kind of small things like failing within the uh, subset of that EGI, like just a uh, different, like, if you will, like, I don't know, it would be like, I wouldn't say DCUs, like mm-hmm. just different partitions of it were failing um, to the point, like at, at uh, some point after we picked up the QRF, we get out on scene. It's now starting to be, um, we, we actually like stopped, shut down, briefed with like the uh, ground force commander, see what his plan was, how we're going to put these troops up on this like 9,000 foot ridge line and get down to the, um, the crash site. And uh, so as we're, going out there. I'm the air mission commander for my two aircraft. Sun's going down. We got NVGs on. We didn't realize that it snowed up there. I'm watching, uh, you know, watching all these other aircraft around there. And suddenly like our uh, countermeasure system starts going off, like missile alert, um, you know, incoming. And you're like, whoa. That's like an audible tone. Yeah. And you're like, um, it's like missile, missile. I I forget the the exact uh, verbiage from the system. And we're like looking around, like, I don't see a smoke trail. Yeah. And then, so like we silence Gosh. it and Jeez. that's a different, that's a different way of flying. within five yeah. to 10 seconds, you hear it again. We're like, Oh, and we're like, Hey, you know, speaking to lead aircraft, are you getting any like, uh, hits on your CMOS there? Like, no, we're not hearing anything. And from there on out the rest of the flight, almost every 10 to 20 seconds, this thing's going off. Can you not turn that off? Couldn't turn it off. Wow. And so we're sitting there like silencing it as it's going off. And uh, suddenly we're in orbit watching our like um, lead aircraft trying to land into this, um, you know, almost a cross slope two wheel pinnacle. And they're just disappearing into what we thought was like brownout conditions. Turns out it was snow. And I'm like, oh man, that's my lead aircraft. Yeah. You know, people I know on board, like I'm not liking the way this is feeling. Uh, I got Apaches on site, like, you know, for cover. And uh, it's just not looking good dealing with this as well. And I'm like, man, you know, was a buddy of mine on board. So you have a whole lot of like, you know, individual, like, you know, emotional stuff, but also like aircraft stuff going on. Then we started to encounter like AFCS issues, like Jeez. just anomalies in it. And we're like, dude, this is, this is not panning out well. And probably about the, um, maybe the fourth attempt my lead aircraft is making, cause I'm watching him do this. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I have to do this next with this aircraft that is now not really performing optimally. Um, Oof. yeah, we, uh, we got word that there was a, a medevac 60 that was like, on its way up and they yeah. were like, Hey, we think we can like do some hoisting. And we're like, okay. Yeah. I came with a plan to like put the ground forces in at a much lower ele- elevation and altitude that, um, we can get them down there. But, uh, yeah, it was not a good feel. Like, you know, finally talked to the uh, lead aircraft. I'm like, Hey, if you can't get it on there, like stop doing it. Yeah. I think there's a way to get, um, you know, people recovered from another platform. Yeah. Uh, but man, that was a very tense experience. Gosh. And it was like Oof. all derived off of like, one indicated failure right. that just like cascaded into like multiple small distractors that really, I think, uh, degraded the yeah. um, operational efficiency of the crew. Just like, um, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. That, uh, it's like a CRM case study. Yeah. yeah. Between like the CRM, the aircraft, like, cause uh, I, I think what really kept us good and going as a crew is like, as it was happening, we're like, Hey, everybody understand this is stressful. Yeah. We'll slow things down as we can. Um, but also like, where do we think our limitations are at? Yeah. Like we're, maybe we're not going to be like superheroes and do the coolest things because it's not looking like yeah, uh, things are going to go like turn out very well in our favor. Man, that's wild. And then, and then, so at that point you're also managing the rest of the aircraft too. Oh yeah. Can you ever, 100%. can you ever pass lead? Like, Hey, my aircraft. Well, we, we were chalk too. So we weren't lead per se. Okay. Um, so that, that made things a lot simpler. Yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah. It was a, uh, yeah, quite, quite a long flight. Like again, like, you're making a decision thinking like, yeah, this is going to be over in two hours. And that flight turned into where we, you know, totally blew through Oof. our, you know, published uh, max flight hours, like yeah. eight and change later. And you, you talk to your boss like, Hey, here's the reason I did it. And they're like, yep, yeah, we, we understand for this case. Yeah. Um, so that's a real heavy risk first gain kind of conversation. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. 
That's uh, it's gnarlier than I anything I've ever had that's for sure. Way gnarlier than anything I've ever had. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, there's some Coast Guard stuff that's uh pretty hairy as well that we've done. Yeah, I think it's hard to ignore, not necessarily ignore, but like focus on the next or most important EP that pops up with the other maybe non-related EP in the back of your mind too. So yeah, that, that's really interesting. And I, I think the way our EPs are presented, like in training, it's good for that, but really having a, a good idea of your systems in general yeah. and uh, even even learning like, you know, CAS is sometimes, sometimes has its nuances, but your other like pure mechanical systems systems and whatnot. Like, um, it is weird how sometimes like if you notice like something's not going per the book, it's just like a little more complex than that. Yeah. I think, uh, the non per the book you're talking about, like how a chip light leads to an engine failure or like an oil problem leads to a chip light leads to an engine failure. But you're talking about like when you get a chip light and then all of a sudden you get like some crazy cast EP that's not even related or. Yeah. Yeah. I- I think in, in for a Coast Guard one that wasn't really compounding, but one that manifested in an unexpected way was one of those days. And I will revert to, uh, or get back to Savannah on this one. Oh boy. Young co-pilot coming back with the, uh, the XO as the aircraft commander off duty. And uh, we're skirting some weather, trying to make it back to the low level route. It wasn't really like predominantly low, but there was enough convective activity that we're like, yeah. Hey, let's uh, go down like, you know, just around Thunderbolt, but take the river around to the, you know, the sound to get to the low level route. And the uh, pilot I was flying with decides to just for situational awareness, put up the synthetic view or synthetic vision on the fourth flight. And it's like, I'm going to place my EFB right here. We're not, you know, referencing this predominantly. Yeah. And uh, as he goes to place his um, EFB, like on center console up towards the top, like the, the flight max, like, Hey, sir, can you move that real quick? Like uh, I just saw our, our hydraulic, uh, our primary hydraulic, pressure dropping off and we're like, Oh, you got our attention. So we looked down at the, uh, the vehicle, uh, the VEMD of wow. the Delta and sure enough, you look and you're just like watching it drop. You're yeah. like, Oh, that's weird. Looking for anything else on that WCA panel to pop up. We never had a light. And then suddenly our fuel on that side just started to zero out. We're like, Oh, hydraulics fuel. That's sketchy. You mean gearbox fire. Re- that's that's what my fire. little co-pilot. Yeah. Mine was like, Oh no, this isn't good. Yikes. Like low over the water. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's happening today, boys. Yeah. And, but still no light. We have hydro- hydraulic lines and fuel lines run by in the main gearbox compartment. And that okay. like if we have a main gearbox fire, like you're blowing the floats and you're putting in the water if you're over it. Like you do not go any do not, you know, do not go past go, do not collect two hundred dollars. You send like, it. Yeah. yeah land okay. ditch immediately. So I watch this happen and I'm like my my, my little co pilot brain's yeah. like like Oh no, when's the fire light going to come on? When's this going to happen? When's that going to happen? Yeah. And uh, suddenly that VEMD page replicated to the top FLI page. So we had two of the same and like, but we're like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And uh, there's like a very tense, probably 20 seconds as we're just trying to interpret what's going on. And what was uh, that? What was, what did it turn out to be? Was it a gov failure? It turned out to be a gov level two. Yeah, gov level uh, two. Failure. And, and, uh, but I, I do remember the aircraft commander. He was like, you know what? He's like, hey, Everybody, we're still flying. Yeah. There's no other lights God, on. It's so hard to revert from that serious of an EP back yeah. to another one and not be thinking like, well, was it actually that? Yeah. And um, so I, I felt like that was good to kind of snap this too. We're like, okay, we are flying. Let's stick to our original plan. I mean, we're a little bit more acutely aware if yeah. we get like past the marsh, like driving it in there. Um, talk to the tower, reported like a, you know, an emergency, but we're coming on the low level route to avoid like all yeah. the uh, heavy precip and convective uh, cell that was like in between us and the airfield made it back, shut down. And it was like, I mean, it's like, oh, I've never seen that before, but like, yeah, that's what it turned out to be. It's just yeah. like, you know, one failure, but like the initial onset looked like yeah. it was, you know, Spooky. probably possibly the worst case. Yeah. And, Ooh. and like whatever you were told as growing up in that 65 Delta, you were never told it manifested that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Never read like that in the book or anything. We just found a new way for something. Do, do you guys have any doomsday EPs? Like we have, let's see, main gearbox fire. It's probably a big one for us. Yeah. I would, uh, we have EPs that are definitely bad. Yeah. But I mean, outside of like an uncontrolled wing fire. Yeah. That's uh, an EP, uncontrolled so wing fire. Say, no, 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 no. It's like say, an oh, engine fire that, that develops into yeah. an uncontrollable wing fire. Um, that's like a find somewhere in 90 seconds or that wing's going to collapse wow. on itself. And But it's called uncontrollable wing fire. 
N- no, the oh, actual EP is just the engine fire. <laughs> the, the battle puffin can... has an uncontrollable wing fire. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you do tendon. you do develop things like that. Yeah, your own doomsday scenario. Like I'm looking at this this picture of the casa with its ramp door down. Oh yeah, and my what's something's falling out of the back of it. Yeah, that's an ASRK. Oh, is that supposed to fall out of the back of it? It is. Oh wow, it is. Well, it turns out we can push a bunch of things out of the back of it. No way. Uh, what's a, in that? It's a life raft. Oh, it's nice. two two life rafts and a survival kit. Cool. Now, how close can you land? I was about. That, uh, I was literally about people to ask need the it. Same question. How far am I going to have to swim? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of how good of a casa pilot are you? Oh. <laughs> um, so we we practice our drops twice a week. Okay. So, um, how much do you guys know about like our operations? No, about as much as you know about our operations. Perfect. So I, I don't mean to insult your casa intelligence. Yeah. Like um, that, I asked if you had EGIs or not. I know. I, I guess was, that's fair. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't Come know. Come to the, the sim, man. I'll put you in the sim. Yeah. Apparently Sam Haffensteiner can oh, land I, a Casa sim with his butt. I've Ooh. heard. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's out there. Let's see if you can land a 65 sim with Dude, your butt. Dude, I want to get in one of your sims so bad. Let's go. Um, Come on over. I did a, uh, I was like a chaperone for a tour here one day yeah. where this kid had to go through all the sims and I just got to sit in the back of the 60 and the 65 sims and, and watch him go through it. I think Kenny Ingram was actually yeah. the 65 guy. Kung Fu Kenny himself. And I'm sitting back there <laughs> and everything about it looks wrong to me. Like the minute you, you pick it up and kind of nose over, I'm like, yes. no, 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 danger, danger, danger. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. Um, and then he just keeps going up and up. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't like any of this. World. It's exactly like, it's don't mad- you dare close your it's, eyes. It's, it's climbing with a dare- nose down <laughs> attitude. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. 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 Super strange. That yeah. is, that kind of defies everything that I know about uh, right. aviation and physics. So we do our aerial deliveries at 200 feet off the water. So that high. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Got to live for a plane. I'll give uh, some credit for that. So we train to do our ID passes at hundred feet and yeah. we train to do our aerial deliveries at 200 feet. So what, like what you see there is it's roughly about 750 feet of line attaching the three bags to each other. Okay. So you have a pretty broad area to drape that over a vessel or a person. Uh, and we're pretty good. I mean, you should be able to hit a boat with that. That's kind of the standard that we, we practice to. Um, so we have that. And then we have uh, uh, like a pump can, call it an aerial delivery system, an ads can. Mm-hmm. And that has a parachute attached to it. And we just kick that out too. And we should be able to hit just about anything with them. That's my favorite. Cool. though is the message block. Uh, <laughs> we have a message block too. And yeah. it is the most underutilized tool in the I, know. I, I love it on training yes. days because some BAs back there and their job is just to rocket it out as hard as they can. Just chuck I, it out there. Just toss it out the back. Have you ever used one operationally? Uh, I've only done two operational drops, like to help people. Okay. Uh, and they were both not at all how we trained to do them. That's um, how it goes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we had a guy who was taken on water and he basically had to keep making way. Yeah. So we get on scene, we talk to him and we're like, Hey, well we, we can drop you a pump if you need it. And he's like, yes, please want pump now. Yeah. Give me like, a pump. Yep. Needed it 30 seconds ago. We're like, okay, well, you know, do you want to come DIW or what? He's like, Nope, I'm on this heading. Yeah. So, we kind of took our, our racetrack orbit. We oriented it so that we would fly kind of diagonally across his bow mm-hmm. and drop it just a little bit to like to the side of him. Yeah. So he could just keep making way he threw out a big gaff hook, scooped it up. Yeah. Had himself Success. pumped out. Oh yeah. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like a, was a cool day. That's sweet. Maybe not a cool story, but it was a cool day. Yeah. That's no, awesome. You, you, you wheeled and deal with that dude and figured out a plan. And that's, I think that's kind of like what we do. Yeah. Like, uh, especially those ones that aren't how we train. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, yeah, it's, it's, and, and since that have there been conversations about maybe we should train to deliver this to a moving vessel? No, I mean, we definitely have pilot training about stuff like that. Just yeah. those, those non-standard atypical days where you need to think outside the box to, to get the mission done. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like pretty much everyone I fly with is pretty good about that. Yeah. But yeah, we don't, we haven't had any discussions about changing the way we train. That's interesting. Sweet. How about you? You dropped a message block before? Oh, I have. I have. Was it with, no, it wasn't with it, you. Was it Was with it you? to the dude on the beach? The, the, oh, no. I was going to talk about the guy in the pickup truck. No. Okay. Yeah. We had, we had a case, uh, overdue vessel and we roll up and there's this guy sitting in the bed of his pickup truck, kind of on this like boat launch. And he is just frantically pointing. And it's like, it's not a very specific point at all. 
and it's just kind of like off to the and we're like going to fly into him busting a 180 trying to get a best of it like a like an angle off the finger that he's pointing and flying just directly off and looking under the house clear blue 22 we're probably at you know 90 feet and because it's an overdue kayak and we're just looking and we're like we do not see anything and this guy's frantically pointing and and there was really nowhere to land because the boat launch was like covered in trees and then our swimmer goes hey we have a message block and i was like we have a message block this is so good so and we're like okay we talked about how are we gonna how are we gonna talk to this guy like he's probably doesn't have a marine radio whatever so what we did is we gave him sector's number put sector's number on there oh, nice. and then we did a uh hf phone patch Ooh, yeah you we high level yeah that. we're like so we gave That's him sector's number move yeah no don't don't offend me like that it's too late uh, <laughs> and then uh and then so we dropped the message block to this guy and then we proceeded to call sectors hey we just deployed a message block you should be getting a call sometime soon so we don't play the telephone game can you yeah. patch us in right and then a uh, guy comes on, right? It's actually pretty clear. It was a great, like definitely something I put in my tool bag after this. Yeah, it's really cool. And we're like, hey, that. sir, like Coast Guard helicopter orbiting overhead. Like, what do you see? And he goes, he goes, oh yeah, when he went missing at like three o'clock this morning. And that was, it's been, you know, it's 3 p.m. It's been 12 hours. And he was just, he went that way. And we're like, oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Click. <laughs> that clears things up yeah. for us. <laughs> So, so we wasted about uh, 45 minutes trying to figure that out because he was, he Still, was pumped, oh man. but that was cool though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's very like ingenuitive. Yeah. No, I don't so have any cool communication loop. There. I don't have any cool yeah. compound EPs. I just passed a message block to a guy who thought he knew something once. So. That's all right. I can't hoist. Yeah. I bet you could with your butt. Maybe Probably better one. than max. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> I can't hover though with a strong enough headwind. Okay. I knew you were going to bring this up. How strong of a headwind do you have to have to hover the battle puffin? Oh, that's a great question. Dude, puffin? I'm not crazy. Like you go on the National Geographic channel and puffins are like hovering over the cliffs. Are those puffins? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's- Oh, can I can I, can I I sidetrack us with a really yeah. nerdy fun fact? Go for it. Yeah. So uh, Star Wars fans, either of you? I dabble. Oh man, helicopter guys aren't nerds. Dude, we're about to lose a lot of listeners if we say yeah. we don't, but yeah. I mean, like, okay. I, I, you know, I, I watch them all. So in uh, the Jar Jar last- Binks is my favorite character. Of course he is. Wow. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. Goodbye, guys. This is, thanks for having me. Is this a Millennium Falcon reference? No. Baby Yoda? I, oh, I, yeah, that's yeah. the wrong, uh, wrong the, name. One of the most recent Star Wars movies- um, They hovered a casa? 100%. <laughs> no. No. Uh, okay. It, I, they, where they filmed, the whole island was infested with puffins. So like they couldn't get puffins out of the shots for, okay. for anything. So instead of just like getting rid of them, mm -hmm. they just turn them into creatures for the movies. So they're these little creatures in the Star Wars universe now called porks that are really just disguised puffins out of no sheer laziness. They said it's 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 going to be less work for us just to create computer generated yeah. characters. That's brilliant. So then to hire a team to come out and shoot all of these things. Well, they're protected, ah. but if you pay really close attention, you can actually see a Casa in the background that they didn't bleep out. That's no, that's a lie. <laughs> we are in the star Wars that's universe. False. That's canon. Gonna, that's that canon is now. False. Come at me, Disney. Okay. How much wind does it take to hover a Casa? I have no idea. Uh, in theory. Okay. So let's, I mean, so your cell speed, yeah. do some beer math here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I once had a, um, a 120 knot tailwind. Yeah. So turn yeah. You flip that around. So, um, I was making almost 360 knots over the ground nice. one day coming back from Chenault. And all we could talk about was if we turned around, do we think that we could bring our ground speed to zero? Should have done it. I really wanted to try. Should have done. Do you guys practice stalls? Yeah. It's on our RT4 card. So you'll like actually stall no, the aircraft. No, oh. we just practice approach to stalls. Um, Recently, for some training purposes, the trade up guys actually got approval to go practice full stalls so that they could film it. Holy cow. Um, but no, we, we do. It's just approach the stalls. Man, I bet, uh, I bet Nate Seward could hover a casa. You know, he actually just texted me. Oh. Yeah, you want to know what he said? Yeah, what'd he say? Yeah. He said, uh, how many lies did you tell? Oh, he's listening. I think we're going to get him on. Yeah. I think this yeah, might I, be I, it. I think yeah. so. I, I think, think I'll be the catalyst that, I, that finally brings him, I think this brings might be him it. in. Yeah. 
I mean, so, so far you are yeah. the greatest CASA pilot we've had on the show. Yeah. If, uh, if and I we, say we, cause I, I haven't listened to all the other 68 other episodes to see if we had. I don't know. Other. I heard John Hofius has been on this. Okay. Yes, yeah. Okay. And he is definitely one of the greatest CASA pilots. Of wow. All time. I'll take your word for that. Romance going on. I love John. Okay. He's such a good dude. Okay. Uh, sorry. Should I move on from that? No, absolutely not. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. You've had him in flight school, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we, yeah, we crossed paths. I don't think I ever flew with him. You were VT six. Yeah. He was, he's like, he was checking in. He's doing the, the, what's the instructor school place. Oh, the fit you fit you. He's doing the fit you. And I just was finishing, I think, but okay. Yeah. He's still over there. That's cool. Well, if we can't get Nate Sorade on, maybe our tens and tens of listeners can. So perhaps, yeah. If you want Nate Sorade on this podcast, please email. I actually, you know, it'd be a fun idea. You guys take all of your equipment here. We'll just go down to the trade app. Uh, accidentally set up in his office. Yes. Well, they've got a real nice spot up yeah. down there and just start recording. That's he won't be able to resist. No, I don't yeah, think It's pretty will. quiet. I never see anybody down there when I go. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. ouch. Shots fired. Ouch. Woof. <laughs> ouch. Wait, wait, why do I care? I'm not in trade up. Yeah, I do. Opt up. Tip of the spear. With that attitude, you won't be either. Yeah. Hey, it was on my list. I'm up for uh, PCS this year. Oh, nice. What else yeah. you put down? He wants to go to Miami. No, I don't want to go to Miami. <laughs> Actually, I probably shouldn't be saying that. But um, <laughs> you can say whatever you want here. You'll get you'll get it. Uh, yeah. this, is, this is the way to I get put Air State DC down number one. Yeah, um, me too. Nice. Did you really? You got to shoot for the stars. Yeah, but that was my philosophy. That was my philosophy, though, man. Just shoot for the stars. Uh, I thought it'd be a really cool opportunity and um, some really unique flying all over yeah, the world. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I decided to put it down, but after that, trade app, uh, the VTs. Nice. Uh, I actually put down the AOPS job here which we'll see if that turns out to be a smart decision or not. Um, and we'll see. I put it in a pretty short list. There you go. Got to put, it. In you gotta put you down want. what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. so I've been Sage in advice. 17 years and this is like my second proper PCS. Oh, the last time I did a proper PCS, I was an E5. Every other transfer has been like off season yeah. to advancement or OCS or flight school. It's, yeah. Yeah. Now you live on a big piece of property with some horses. I wouldn't call it big. Is it, it's adequate. Is it larger than an acre? Oh yeah. It's, it's larger than four acres. Okay. Oh. Mic drop. Sorry. Gosh. Not a big deal. Yeah. With my hour and a half commute every day. Oh, gross. You know, dude, I've been stationed in DC and I will take this commute every single day. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's all country roads. You got, you got flights to Friday to listen to, like it goes by quick. Yeah. Well, yeah. you guys need to make these episodes a little longer. Yeah. We're trying <laughs> not to, but hey man, thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah. man. Thanks for thanks having me. This has been awesome. great. I really appreciate it. A little um, uh, newfound appreciation for the cost community. Yeah. Oh, we've, we've, we've if we learned a couple things, we can hover a CASA, but Nate Ray can't. He definitely can't. <laughs> the Battle Puffin is the best name for the CASA. We're going to start putting little shields on the, on yeah. the front of them. I'd like to see a design. Yeah. We'll post it. We can make it happen. Yeah, I think we will. Also so, learned you can do ROLs in the Bahamas. Yeah. Jealous. Yeah. You can. That's pretty sick. It's not bad. It's not bad upstairs. Yeah. It's a good community. Yeah. It's oh, a great yeah. plane. It's a good community. Yeah. And final plug, you can also shoot LPPs. Which, uh, ooh, wow. Mm. We can't. Just dig that dagger in. Love it though. Yeah. Loss enabled. Come at me. I yeah. will feel very confident if I ever get a ride on one. You guys should take a ride. We got space. Uh, yeah. I guess it's not like I'm the flying 65. on Friday. Come hit me up. Maybe we'll do an episode in the Casa. <laughs> ooh. Yeah, you got room to set up the equipment. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, you, we have like a crew rest area with a coffee table and everything. And uh, now Mike booms. Sweet. Hey, I got one last thing. Yeah, shoot. And this is going to be from the hip. And you might be a little mad at me for putting you on the spot, but oh, I might be. I want I want you to I want you to kick the listeners out with some uh, sage advice or some good wisdom here from Adam. Oh, dude, yeah. I don't know anything on the spot. If you just had to say something right now, so humble to our listeners, man. All this airtime might yeah. get edited out or might not. Yeah. What what, uh, what it, kind what of it, advice do you want me to give? I, like, dude, I want every advice. No, I want life, life advice. advice. I want life aviation advice. advice. Be too stubborn to fail. There it is. Okay. You know, I I've wanted to be a pilot since I was five years old. Yes. I was and hoping I this not, is the direction you I were did not go. get my wings until I was thirty one. Yeah. I didn't finish college until I was thirty. It took me fifteen years to accomplish my goals. Yep. Dude, but you never gave up, man. Too stubborn That's to fail. Incredible. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I asked you that question because obviously out of OCS, you were the sole. Oh, dude, don't bring it up. Oh, I'm going to. Oh, you were the uh, only person who did not get flight school out of our OCS class who wanted it. You want to talk about a low day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Because yeah. they yeah. told me in the morning, they yeah. told me in the morning and I had to walk, through, I had to go through the rest of the day yeah. hoping 
I feel bad saying this, but I literally hoped to see one of you in the hallway yeah, no, that's fine. with that like forlorn yes. look yeah. in your eyes that like, oh, I got bad news. Yeah. And all of you were like, just chippers can be. And I'm like, oh, I'm the only one. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, man, I ran into you at the Mobile Chipotle here. I think I was here for the transition course for the 65. Yeah, I was doing an instrument hop. And, and you were doing an instrument and I saw you and I knew you had flight school, but I just saw you and I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. He made it. That is a, that is a perfect it, man. advice, man. Yes. Dude, be too stubborn to fail. Hell yeah. Thank you for that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. No worries. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, gents, it's been good hanging out. It's been an honor. Listeners, take care of yourselves out there. Have a good weekend. Have some beers. Have some fun. Bye. Yeah. See you later. We say goodbye.